What's up, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the Tuesday Track Talk with your Three Stones Pit Crew, episode number six. Uh, my name is Cameron. I'm your tire changer. My name is Kellen. I'm your jack man. I'm also Cameron. I'm the gas man. And if you were paying attention to the socials earlier today, we got a jam-packed episode. We're going to be talking about the previous weekend with the following 150 from Dells Raceway Park. We got the Dirt Track World Championships from Eldora. We got Homestead Miami with the Cup Series, some playoff implications there. We also got some some big news that we kind of talked about a little bit before, but the high limits and uh, all-star circuit of champs. Um, along with our race previews for the coming weekend. So before we do jump into that, though, fellas, what's uh, what's going on since we last reconvened? Just the Badgers just getting by. <laughs> getting by is an understatement. Um, I didn't get to watch the game. I just got to see the highlights. I was obviously with you at the Dells. Yep. Um, I'm going to have to say, I think, on Sunday, I think I got a little wind burn on my face. Really? I, like, I sh- I showered, and I got out of the shower, and my face was, like, cherry red. And, like, right under my eyes, it, like, it burned pretty bad. Like, even yesterday, it was still a little bit, like, sure. e. But, yeah, I, I mean, we sat in the wind and the rain and 49 degrees to see a, uh, be a hell of a race. Yeah. But, yeah, the Badgers get by. The Packers look terrible. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, look, Packers season's all but over, so <clears throat> it's time to jump on that Badger bandwagon ASAP. So we're going to run it back I, to that Ohio State Saturday night deal wreath opening kickoff return oh, for a touchdown. Yeah, so I was at that game. I watched that Badger game this past weekend and just got our shit pounded for – three quarters, and then for whatever reason in the fourth quarter, whatever, came to life. So I was losing my shit. Love a big man, Tutter, to end the game. Yeah. Big old lineman. You love to see him. But my, oh, my, if you are – the train's leaving the station this weekend. We got a big one. (laughs) And I'm telling you right now. I'm going to call my shot for a team that has caused me so much pain, misery, and heartbreak in my life. This is the weekend that that shit stops on our turf, not (laughs) theirs, not neutral turf, our turf. It's going to get a little bit spooky. (laughs) Badgers are going to get a win. Do I do I even want to mention what the line's at right now? Fickle said it in his press conference. College football, not always the best team wins. Look, we're not the best team. (laughs) That's clear. But if you saw that backup quarterback in that offense, yep, in the second half there, (laughs) old Cuzzy can sling it. And I felt like that was a win that our team needed to show us, like, hey, we can actually do this. Like, yeah. You know, whatever, but for a team that is just, yeah, shattered my heart for the last, have to go back to 2010 to get some joy. 
that ends this weekend. Yeah. So, it's going to be on NBC too. So you're going to have national coverage of that game. Big one. I, uh, I actually, before we hopped on, I got a little workout in and then just get some happiness and hype. I literally watched the 16 minute rewatch from 2010 Ohio State. Badgers, Camp Randall, they were number one. Just gets the mind right. Yeah, I'm going to watch that every night the rest of the week. So <laughs> I was, I remember, like I said, I was at that game in 2010. And I remember that kickoff getting returned. Holy cow, was that place loud? Yeah. But outside of that, no. <clears throat> Another awesome weekend of racing. Didn't go as planned for the dirt side of things, but I got the show in and made the most of it. So, no, uh, I'm gassing up, boys, because I'm ready to go. Heck, yeah. No, it's, it's going to be a good weekend. I'm actually going to the Packer game these next two weekends, actually. So we'll we'll see how that goes. But uh, well, besides that. Well, do you want me to tell you how it's going to go? Oh, let's just say the beers are going to be flowing, probably. I better get my drinking mittens on. Get your liquor cold on. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> that, that team is just straight in full regression mode. <laughs> like, we are not oh. getting... Yeah. What a time to be alive, Bad- I guess. Badgers, Badgers, I feel like we're at least like, you know, we show flashes here and Got there. Got a chance. Yeah. Like they show flashes here and there. But coming off a of bye week, you would have thought like the Packers, hey, we would have figured some things out, you know, looked a little bit better. That no. Team, that team was lifeless. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, let's talk about some happier things like racing. Yeah, let's talk about some racing. So we'll start, uh, we'll work from the local scene and we'll make our way to the national scene. So we'll start with the uh, following 150 from Dell's Raceway Park. So it was kind of, uh, I, I had mentioned last week, it was twin 75s, which I was I was halfway right with the twin 75s. What it ended up being was two 75 lap segments. Uh, the first segment was the makeup from the icebreaker at the beginning of the year. And then the last 75 was the following what 75 to make up for it. So um, started off early. They had a practice session on Friday for anybody that wanted to show up and started off early with old Ty Fredrickson, who I was really ambitious to see run that race and see what he could do. Um, Smashed it in practice. From what I heard, he ran about seven laps back during the wall they brought in the pits. That tra- that car was on the trailer in 15 minutes and gone. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a. I think you look at that. <clears throat> a young gun, probably not used to the cold yet, working on getting those those Hoosiers heated up. Where you yeah. just have a hard time, and and we we saw it in qualifying as well. Oh, yeah, I did a few guys. Yeah, back it into the fence uh, between one and two. So yeah, it'd have been good. He. He definitely would have held his own. He ran well there for the Midwest Tour, so yep. it would have been interesting to see what he had done. Did they – was it strictly didn't have heat in the tires and just backed her in there, nothing broke on the car or anything? I would assume so because, I mean, Fredrickson never, at least on, on the Facebook page, they never said anything broke. Um, yeah. 
it just it kicked off from under, underneath them. And I mean, we saw it during practice on Saturday and, and qualifying. I mean, guys were just straight up losing it. They probably it probably took I don't know, probably that seven to ten laps to get some good heat in the tires before you could really put a good lap down to see what you had. And really, it was in with that kind of ma- mindset, it was going to be you had to have a race set up because qualifying, you just you were just trying to survive. Yeah. So, um, but going into that race, you know, we talked about we talked about guys that were spinning it. You have Ryan Farrell who literally spun it coming out of four, t- come to take the green, th- has a throwaway first lap. And then he goes out and sets fast time with the second lap. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Just he had, he, he had that car about two feet from junk. Oh, yeah. Spin, spins it around, eats them up, gets gets a junk lap, and then he mastered on and puts on an absolute burner, which he's been faster. I mean, you know, he's gonna be pretty oh, solid. But. Yeah. I wish I would have had the radio on when he was qualifying because I'm sure he had some comments to uh to point out in that. Yeah. I well, it's like I told you with with Jeff Storm spun in practice trying to put some heat in the tires. He goes, "Well, I was a little embarrassing. I told you guys I wasn't a good driver." <laughs> yeah, so, but it started off early. Um, so the lineups get set. And, and, I mean, right out of the gate, DeAngelis kind of takes off right out of the gate, sets a good pace. Uh, but then he goes and, and has electrical issues during the race that so took out a huge contender right out of the gate. Yeah, with, with him being in the front row uh, and running well there, that you would have to think if he doesn't have gremlins, he, he may be one that runs away with that first stage just being – Somebody that's been so solid there at the Dells. He yeah. he had a hot rod in practice and uh qualified decent as well, obviously. So um he'd have been an interesting one to to make have him make those hundred and hundred and fifty laps to see where he ended up. Yeah. I was a little surprised with the invert too. It was a very, very low invert. It was only two plus the roll of dice, which ended up being a I believe is a two. Two or no, it was a was four it? because Eddie Hoffman was on the pole. Yeah, the invert. Yeah, four. the invert was three to eight. Um, yep. So it was Eddie yeah. Hoffman that was on the pole, qualified six, which is good for him. He doesn't run up there very often. It was good to see him ha- at least have a good qualifying effort. So it was Eddie Hoffman and Johnny D'Angelo starting on the front row. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, D'Angelo's, D'Angelo's jumps out front and leads the first handful laps and just, yep, electrical issues, those gremlins come and got him and – Ended up being down to pretty much Ryan Farrell and Luke Fenhouse there for uh, that first segment. They they put on a pretty good race too. Fenhouse was just on his bumper waiting for a mistake and just n- never got to capitalize on on any mistakes Farrell had. Yeah, Farrell was Farrell slipped up a little bit here and there, but it yep. was never enough to give Fenhouse the the lane to get a nose under him. Yeah. Was Johnny D was he winning the at WIR this year when he yeah yep. when he that smashed was... that lap car yep well when that lap car smashed him oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was yeah that was he would about been about how, the only one that had anything for Majeski in that race how yeah. frustrating does that have to be as a driver oh super frustrating 
I mean, for for somebody like that who who runs well, a lot of places that he shows up and, and is competing for wins, and then once you get wrecked by a lap car, and then you go to something like this and you're running up front and electrical issue like that. Oh like, yeah. If, if you're gonna go out of the race, like let it be on your own terms. Oh like, yeah, for sure. And yeah. like. Uh, as a not as a driver, but as a fan, you just get pissed that stuff like that happens. So I can't even imagine what it's like going through all the prep and putting together a rocket and then getting out there and something like that happens. But yeah, and DeAngelis is very, very smart with the race car for a while. He was setting up his own stuff, and then uh, Travis Sauter hopped onto that ride, and he's been, um, Help. Is Travis, is it, or is it Chris Wimmer? Chris Wimmer. Chris Wimmer. Travis, That's right. Travis, Travis is on Sommers. Yep. 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 There you go. Chris Wimmer. He, another guy that he knows his way around a race car and is very, it was a very good driver on the super late models team for a long time. So that's the two of them, you know, putting their heads together and, and putting a, a race car on the track. I mean, you know, they're going to show up we, wherever they go and, and run. You guys will. Good for a quick side tangent question. What you got? Yeah. How do you guys feel about inverts? <laughs> I like them on the on the late mile scene. Absolutely. You guys a fan? You like it? Do you not like it? Well, I guess what are you guys' thoughts on inverts at, at like these local races? I like it. And I, I like the roll the dice invert, not like the I know why the stars does it this way is to still keep their, their fast guys up in the front, but not like the, the redraw or anything like that. Like on the local scene, roll the dice sends the guys in the middle to back of the pack. And it makes a guy work for the win. I think it adds a, a an impromptu storyline, right? So, I mean, you know, if we're going to compare it to NASCAR, you see guys that, Oh, so-and-so is coming from the back. Let's see how he can make his way up through the field. Get that every whatever race you go to on the local scene, especially up here. Yeah, I would agree to a certain extent. I think with the inverts, I, I do like the inverts. I sometimes I think when they get to be too big, they become an issue. And the dice roll, I think it's close because I can put depending on what your invert plus is. Um, if you got an invert plus the roll, that could put your fast qualifier 12. Yeah. With a six and a six. Um, yeah, I like it. I mean, I think it, it like you were I'm saying, it's say, that invert number. Yeah. I'm going to say I'm, I'm 90% with it. I, I'm 90 to 95% with the invert. And, um, especially around here where one, um, our super late model racing is so tough up here. I mean, we've got we have stellar fields all the time, and we're lucky to have that up here. But yeah, um, some of these shorter tracks can make it really interesting really quick. Um, a place like the Dells, a place like Slinger, um, yeah. these short tracks they can be pretty damn interesting pretty quick. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't. You start to get that invert at twelve. I think that's where I'm like, eh, I don't know. I can see eight. I'm good with up to eight. 
10 at the furthest. Um, because you don't want to punish the guys per se that are, are, are coming off the truck fast, but um, I, I do think that it does, it does make the racing really, really good. I've never paid attention to how like the, the invert numbers determined, but like a number that popped to mind was like the highest invert is a third of the field. So 30 car field, the highest invert number you could get is a 10. You know, yeah. something along those lines. Yeah, I don't mind that like, for sure. Maybe add two spots just to maybe make it somewhat a little more interesting or a little maybe a little farther back in the field. But that was the first number I, that popped in mind. I'll have to keep an eye on that, see if there's any rhyme or reason to the number, right. the invert number. Yeah, because it's always like, I mean, when we get to the track, we just know. Yeah, yep. You get to qualifying. All right, your quick time, you're, you have your invert of three plus the roll. Yep. So you know that your quick time is going to start at – ninth at the worst yep um so it'd be curious to know and i'm sure these series have the reasons for picking them and it could be based on the length of the track as well um but that's something we should maybe keep keep tabs on as we go yep i was yeah i was because i was thinking i'm like you know some of these guys that you know i think i can see both sides of it i like it for the storyline like you said you like to put a fast car a Majeski, a Krauss, or, a, you know, somebody like that who, you know, shows up and has a quick car, like, it makes for good racing, mm -hmm. but I think to Kellen's point, like, you walk such a fine line, like, don't punish them, like, these guys got it dialed in, and then, you know, I would say, like, 10 at the most, because then I feel like, you know, you get to that, and it's like, you put cars in front of you that can... Ryan, Ryan Newman style, yep. That will just make your life a yep. living son of a gun to get around him. And it's like, come on. Danny, Danny Fedrickson, Ty Majeski. Yeah. You know, does does the quick car that showed up here and has a rocket ship? Yeah. Does he really deserve to, you know, not be able to get around somebody? Because somebody, you know, we talked last week about, you know, guys racing each other tough because they feel like they you know maybe has they race somebody different because of an on-track in incident so yeah i don't know i like the well, invert because like you said you don't want you also don't want to show up to this track and it's like oh majeski goes quick time and he starts on the pin and it's like well what a great race he yeah the pin and red let all 200 laps and had a three second lead and nobody even came close so right. i like it it makes for good storylines and it makes for good racing too but i just I think there's a fine line of like don't punish them too much because then you're going to let, you know, maybe somebody that isn't going to win the race that's going to run that, you know, five to eight range is the best their car is, you know, could determine the race winner. So uh, I think that's where like the stars tour probably does it good where, okay, it's the top eight. Yeah, everybody knows if you get in that top eight, you're in the redraw for those positions so you add that incentive of being a fast car and qualifying to get there True. Um, and it's also it's also random yep yep absolutely and, yeah yep high limit did the same thing correct correct me if i'm wrong right is uh random. they yeah they did well they did that for their dash race 
Okay. So it was whoever made the dash race did the redraw, and then whatever the finish of that was was the start for the feature. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yep. Well, that's that's like that on the World of Outlaws too. They do they do the dash race, and that's determined by a a draw, and then the finish of that race is the start of the feature. Got um. Okay. What that but up on that invert scene too, like there was a discussion had of. Well, you're going to see guys sandbag, or you know, worse the chance of sandbagging. I bring up the Slinger Nationals for an example that does have that invert. That's you know, I've heard a lot of drivers, I've seen a lot of drivers say that's the second hardest field to qualify for in the country, first being the Snowball Derby. So when got when you're first to 16th, which is what locks into the feature, is only split by a tenth of a second. You're telling me you're going to be able to sandbag yourself into that eighth spot? No, not a chance. You're just uh, doing your damn shit to make the damn make the damn race. Yeah, for sure. So that yeah, conversation yeah. got brought up. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I think you talk about that. That's gonna be your smaller ish races that still have a, a yep. decent field that you can potentially qualify in with your long run setup on the car. Yep. Um, but. Uh, yeah. When you come into a big race like that and you have a qualifying setup and a race setup. Yeah. And you're using them for exactly what they're supposed to be. Yep. So yep. 100%. Yeah. Sorry to get a sidetrack, but that was just a random question that popped in my head as we were talking oh, about it. It's a good debate. You know? No, be, it is. Uh, I mean, you look at a lot of these um, bigger national touring series, it'd be interesting to see that go. Whether it be an invert or a, a, like a random redraw, as they do, um, I would. Nuts. It'd be nuts to see that in the Cup Series. I, well, and it's like I, you bring that up. I was just about a to dice roll, that. quick qualifier. Your invert is three plus the dice roll. You can start ninth. Do that if if all star races at North Wilkesboro next year, you get that sort track. What the hell? Why you not? Yep. Put that Actually. little in. Spice of life in there. For sure. Um, no, circling back to the 150, though. Richie Bickle coming out of retirement for the second time this year again. Well, third if you're counting Oktoberfest, but he was in a Legends car for that one. So that doesn't count. It's That's a trickle thing. So uh, back in the super late model again. I was wondering how he was going to do, especially being out of super late. Kind of showed a little bit. Not a great qualifying effort. Just kind of mid pack to the back of the pack in the race, put in his best effort or best audition to run the Baja 1000 next year by going through the grass and ultimately just has the motor go on. <laughs> yeah, yep, yeah, as they would say, he's doing a little agricultural racing, <laughs> and then, yeah, and then and uh, honest to god, uh, hats off to him for saving that car. But he, oh god, he yeah. Through the grass, that thing was kicked out sideways, and that was after it was done raining too. So yeah, yeah. Was, so that like, grass is muddy yeah, and yeah. slick, and yeah, and and to catch it when it comes back onto the track too. Yeah, keeps well, that thing from spinning. That cost him a lot of track position, but yeah. yeah. But and then ultimately that motor motor gives out on him and ends his day before he could really make something up on it. So yeah. Um, but no, Ryan Farrell won the first segment over Luke Fenhouse. I got a real close race there. Farrell was having himself a time at listening to him on the radio. He was he said that winning that first segment was the was one of the goals. He said 
You know, it was just the trophy itself is beating Luke Fenhouse at the Dells on our live for five <laughs> race. Oh, at one point, at one point, the dude was so animated. He's oh my god, he's in the car and he's just what's up and go, come on, you, you guys killed him. What bro. are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, and then it gets to the rain and he's pissed at the world. What are we doing? The windshield's dirty. It's not raining. Are we racing or are we not? Come wipe my windshield. Stand by the car until they kick you off the track. Wipe my windshield. Wipe the rear windshield. <laughs> the dude, he is a I good mean, listen. Yeah. It's a good one. listen. But I always no, say but, if you could bring a, a scanner to the racetrack, bring with you, but don't be afraid to hear some uh uncensored, non-filtered comments coming out. We'll just leave it at that. Yeah. You know, so yeah, no, good listen though. Yep. So yeah, what uh Farrell beats Fenhouse there in that first segment. Um they do a re uh re-invert of the field from there. Um then you move, you know, move on, and and you start seeing Casey Johnson start making his way through up the field, kind of quiet in that first segment, but you see him coming on in the second oh, one. Yeah. Johnson again making an appearance this year. Yeah, he, uh, I mean, for again, and he ran a racer earlier this year, and he was fast, but he, in that first segment, he quietly worked his way and finished third. Yep, got he himself in again invert, in that invert, and yep, he got it. The invert got him to fifth, I think, to start segment two. Yeah. Yeah. Fourth or fifth? It was. It was. He. I think he lost one or two spots in the invert, something like that. Yeah. So he had the invert, and even at the end of that first segment, he came on the radio and he said, "F it, we're going to try to win one of these things. I'm not saving nothing." Yep. And he let her rip, and he was going to get there, and you knew he was fast. And um, you and he even said it during the you know some of the choose cone things too. He said, "Oh, I'm going to try the outside. What the hell do I got to lose? It's yeah. going to give it the shot." To win it, he kind of went in with the "we're here to win it and win it only," and that was it. Um, but I do think that you know, he say that it. Um, he said in his on track interview post race that it was a shame to see that brand new car sit all summer. So, yeah, I kind of wonder if if he's got the bug to really go racing again after working with Paul Hemus the whole summer. Yeah, and and for those that don't know, uh, over the off season he ended up getting diagnosed with vertigo which kept him out of the car and he said he was going to try and, and work see if he can get himself back in he's been running kind of some of the shorter races which i think this lined up pretty good with him running some of them shorter races um you know i i, I don't think anybody really knows what he's at health wise if he can do a full-time gig but it was good to see him back and guy still got it there's no doubt about that and he, after he won that race, they, you could just hear him on the radio, and they just told him just to soak it in and take your time. So um, that was pretty cool, pretty cool to hear. Um, was racing Somers. Somers was running up front there late in the race. They And, and kudos to both of them because they both raced super clean. And, and Johnson's just kind of kept, you know, putting the Polk pressure him. on him a little bit yep. and, and even poke him. him. He just put the pressure on him. Somers. And I mentioned it to you too, that Somers was running about a half a lane up in turn three and four. And Johnson took advantage of that he, he just got the nose poked in there. It came off of four and he was able to, to fight for the lead with him. It was just a, a, just enough to get the lane, but it wasn't enough to wreck him. And, and Somers knew that when he came back, because, when Johnson got by him, he could have sailed it off in there and yep. 
did what they did in the cars tour this weekend and tear a bunch of stuff up, but we just we don't have that up here. So he some yeah, I think Somers probably knew that Johnson had the better car, but it's one thing to know somebody has a better car and respect that. And yep. Uh, and, and late in the race like that too. Yeah, and it was because it was what five they passed to go, him with three three to yeah, go. Yeah. It was like late, late in the race when we're talking you're racing for winning. Um if you if you don't follow ultimate lap photo, great follow. Yes. And we posted on our Instagram as well. The uh he had a really good write-up on and he said it perfectly about this race. And it was just a it was a it was a tap, tap, just a touch. And when Summers knew he was out of it, he let Johnson go by and he could well, I mean he didn't let him go by, but he knew well, he knew Johnson had the quicker yep. car. At he that knew if, if he went by it, that was the race. Yeah, and it was a it was a respecting. Um yep. and at the bottom of the post he said some of these guys maybe don't like each other, but they respect each other. Correct. Because um, they all know that they work on their own stuff. Yep. Nope. It's not this uh it's not this pay to drive deal where you your foot in the pay a bill and somebody else yep. is turning wrenches and you're just oh, this is what it needs. You go hop in the car and go, it's these guys are literally building these cars. Especially even with the short seasons, they're building these cars from the chassis up. Yep. Starting in the snow in the middle of the winter, and they're building these cars to be ready to go in late April and in early May to race until October. So, yeah. um, Fed House was kind of quiet in that second segment too. It was never really a contender. He thought uh, we even thought he may have had an issue. Apparently, he sorted it out on the track and was able to come back. Um, I don't even remember where he finished in that second segment, finished fifth in the second segment. Um, yeah, just what well, didn't have anything that in that second segment, but ends up clinching the championship pretty much after sweeping the first three races of the really four races of that season. Um, first back-to-back champion that alive for five series. Yeah. Pretty cool deal. I, I, I do think it is pretty cool that they, they got Madison in on it this year. Um, They've done that the past couple of years. They had it's typically that second or third race ends up being at Madison. Yeah, that's that's a cool deal. I, I do like that. It's it's cool to kind of keep the change a little bit per se, um, yeah. but still have that that same series. So again, it's a track that everyone's close to, or a lot of those guys around here. Yep, are familiar with. So pretty cool deal there. So, no, great way to uh, wrap up the racing season up here in the Midwest. That's pretty much the really the last hurrah for uh, everybody. Another side note there, James Swan got the uh, Truck Series Championship there too, six-timers. So, uh, Side note, I'm just going to tell you, the two-car Lil Bennett, that car does have Bear Jackson. In it. I confirmed that, and apparently in I got a buddy that works on a car at WIR. Yeah. In quotations, it's awesome. <laughs> so, um, Cam, backstory, backstory in this. He comes off the track for practice, pulls up to the trailer, and we could, where we were sitting, you could see him. And it was like Formula One style. That car just picked itself up. And I'm like, I looked at Van Gogh, I'm like, what? He yeah. goes, I missed it. I said, when he comes off the track, watch. They bring an air hose around and plugs in somewhere right where the driver sits. And that car's got it's got four posts right in front of each tire, and the car literally just picks itself up, and it doesn't pick it up off the ground a ton, but it's enough that you can change tires, yep. shocks, and do whatever else. I looked at him. I go, 
what the hell just happened? Because I saw for that scuff session, I was kind of keeping an eye on him because I saw him climb in. So I was kind of watching him. And yep, I saw it just. Yep, he's just... sitting in the seat right here. He unhooks the holes. You just the car. Just well, I think it's on. Down. I think it's on the 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 passenger side. I think it's kind of. Oh, you know, you see a lot of them put like the black box or like the in-car camera kind of like right by that post. I think that's where that's at. Either way. Something like that. It's a, it's a quick connect and that car picks itself right off the ground. Yep. Like IndyCar style. It, yeah. Dude, that was nuts. I, especially I Super can, races, I've never seen that before. Yeah. But, Something interesting you see on the local scene too, but like that kind of, I mean – Dirt guys don't have that, but you also see like they dirt cars got those dirt lifts on that. Oh, they just back up the car, grab the remote, press the button. Yep, picks it up. Yeah. But yeah, I've never heard of a car having it right in it. But oh yeah, that was of course. Was I cool. I awesome. wonder what the price tag on a sucker like that is. Well, depends if you do it. But yourself. And like and what you mentioned too, the weight. What kind of weight does that add to the car? Especially with it being on all four corners, I mean. And where are you putting it? Right. So, I don't know. That was was crazy. That was pretty cool to see, but uh, can can confirm. So, that was kind of my last little note there on that whole year. But, uh, no, again, great way to wrap up the the racing season up here in the Midwest. And I already got the itch. I'm I'm waiting for next year to come down. We got the first one with uh, the Dells. They always end up having the, the last race in the first race of the year. Um, their icebreaker April 13th. So we'll see if we get similar weather to last weekend as we do that weekend. So, um, moving on to the dirt scene, obviously the big, the big show for this weekend was the dirt track world championships. Uh, pretty much the only thing that was racing on dirt this weekend, everybody, everybody else was pretty much off. Um, kind of, uh, took a while for them to get going a lot of rain that that dampered the track saturday they were going to try and run it but it was just real rough obviously i think everybody pretty much saw that big wreck never seen i don't think any of us have seen a super late model flip like that or sorry a dirt late model flip like that before and that was that was hard that that was hard to watch i think and thank god the guy got out from the car that was i mean it barrel rolled a couple of times and then it went end over end and yeah that, it was laying there, and you're like, man, that it just did not look good. And it's ultimately, that, that's a hard part, especially for them at Eldora. When you're running a show like that, it's so hard to make a decision like that. But oh. to shut a show down after a wreck like that, but at some point, you just have to make a decision, you know? See, that's, yeah, your hand is kind of forced. Yeah, because Cam, when you said it in the group chat that they shut it down for or they postponed it for safety of driver and whatnot, you know, in, in past, when you hear a comment like that, it's, that's usually never good news. No. You know, you hear the, you know, you always hear the the release afterwards, you know, so-and-so passed away. And it, I was, I was kind of waiting for that, but again, it was good to hear that the driver's okay. And it was purely just because of track condition. It wasn't conducive for racing and Sunday was probably going to look better to just postpone it till then. Yeah. And especially that guy was running by himself too. Yeah, yeah. in the lead, right. all by himself, all yeah. by himself, and he just he's running, and all of a sudden you just see the two left tires come up, and it's like as soon as you saw, and as soon as when you see the bottom, oh, of the you're car, along for the ride. When you see the bottom of the car, it n- never ends well, and it's never good. And yeah, yeah. And <clears throat> you hate that for that guy too because that's 
That's his big. Oh, shot. I mean that yeah. car's that car's yeah. probably junk. Yeah, that's junk, and that's that's on the track. Like yeah. that wasn't. That's not on. You know, he didn't. That didn't hit anybody or wasn't racing tough. Didn't get bumped. Yeah, nothing. I mean, that was solely track. So hit a, hit a bump and it just yep. Hate that for. And I mean, I guess you could say it's part of part of dirt racing, but I think that was a little bit, you know, a level up concerning track conditions there. And yeah. you hate that for probably just another. That was a support division. So again, we always talk about these guys that are working on their own stuff and foot in the bill to just show up to some of these shows like we yeah absolutely hate that for somebody like that so yeah we get to we get to sunday they run the, all the prelims for that you get to the dirt the main event and again the you know track track was rough for a lot of them guys and it took out some of your some of your contenders for that rtj is one of them he was out early and that's a heartbreak for him it was just kind of like it felt, and you can kind of look at it. He hit a bump, caught a rut, however you want to say it, and it shot him up the track, and he kind of ran through um, Jimmy. Well, Bobby. Hartman, and he caught Bobby Pierce, yep. too, on the end of that. Um, tore up that whole right front suspension and A-arms and all that other stuff. And, you know, at the end of the day, good for them, for that crew that got all that stuff changed, get him back yeah. on the track. That's like. Most times you see that in any other race, and that's it for the night. But Burroughs had that crew tuned up that he knew exactly what they were going to do when that car came off the track. So that was like a little bit sprint car style-ish Yeah, with that stop. Yeah. Before, we, sure. before we dive totally into this, I guess I, I want to just gather initial thoughts on – a lot of mixed reviews on the format. <laughs> I figured that the, I, I was waiting to see when it was going to come up. The four guys that locked in Moran, JD, RTJ, Hudson, O'Neill. Those four guys are the only four guys running for the championship. Points reset. It comes down to the, the final race. What were your guys' thoughts on the format? Helen, you go first. I, I've been thinking about it, and I just don't I, know what to tell you. It's, I feel like it needs to be somewhat based on the regular season. Now, it shouldn't give a huge advantage to the regular season champ, but I think the regular season champ's body of work needs to be acknowledged. Maybe it's, maybe it's a 10-point advantage Ricky Ed Thornton has coming into the weekend. Maybe you go 10s. You know, or 10, 5, 15, 10, 5, 0. You know, your top four, your top four placers. No, I agree with the four. I agree with that. That I think I like that setup of having four guys race for a title. But to have Ricky finish third, you got to find a delicate balance of it. And I just don't think you can discredit what he's done all year. The dude chased the tour year round and you know, that that's my dilemma. How can we stagger it that he has a slight advantage, but it's not like when he goes in there, all he's got to do is take the green flag to win the title, you know? Yeah. That's, that's where I'm at. And that's where I'm trying to figure out what the balance is because 
again, uh, I think you talk to anybody that follows Lucas Oil Eight models, and it's Ricky was your champ. Who, who, who should who should get the championship this year? Or, I mean, or even I, it? even me being the dirt track novice that I am, I I agree that RTJ was your champ on the year, and I think every all the competitors said that too. Yeah, we'll rewind to those picks that we made last week. Uh, I struck gold by accident. Well, old tire changer, old tire changer, he picked RTJ. And, uh, you were called on early there for a couple tire changes. So, but no, I think it's, it, it is a fine balance because, like you said, you don't want a, a series where it comes up, comes to, and it's like, oh, if RTJ just turns, if he, if he makes the show, he's, the title's locked up. But so, again, this counter argument would be this is what NASCAR's doing. Yeah. Lock yourself into the final four and we get to Phoenix and you got one shot on Sunday afternoon. So I saw a comment on Facebook today. It was actually from Ricky Thornton Jr. Racing. I don't know what the original post was. I could probably find it, but I'm just reading some of the comments in it. Somebody came in and said that during the broadcast that there was apparently a vote amongst the drivers to add the final four format. Uh, and then, uh, you know, the comment was, well, if the majority agreed. Why is everybody telling it sucks? Um, at the end of the day, everybody racing on the same track, which is correct. But then Thornton came back and said that no one voted. The announcers keep saying that they did, but nobody voted. We found out when they announced it at PRI, the, uh, uh, I forget the name of it, but it's the convention for performance racing. Um, and everyone raced on the same track and core of the field finished. So it was, Uh-oh. somebody made a decision somewheres that, at the and, end of the day, let's get some insight. Correct. At the end of the day, what's coming down to is either the drivers are giving a line of BS or the series is giving a line of BS. And if I was a betting man, I probably am not going to bet on the drivers. Yeah. Because they're going to they, be the honest ones. They're going to be the ones that say, yeah, we didn't want this because we know what we got ourselves into for yeah. literally 40 features a year. I think, and I guess my standpoint on it too is you didn't have anything leading up to it. Like you said, what was the point of the regular season? It, you didn't, it, you raced the entire regular season and then you reset it for one race. You know, it's, with Cup, you know, Cup gets a lot of bash for having the playoff system, but you had, you had the regular season, you had, like you said, you have those bonus points for the regular season, but then you have those elimination races throughout the playoffs that, okay, Martin Truex Jr. is a good example. He, those bonus points have been saving him for those first two rounds. Yep. Then it's just, you, you cleared the slate and it's like, okay, what was the advantage of the regular season? Sure, you know, everybody likes to win and the checks are great, but your ultimate is chasing that championship, but what was the point? So that's where I think, that's where I think when you look at, that's like how it went from the entire field to four cars. I'm cool with that. That I agree with. Sure. There's At the end of the day, every, everyone outside of the top two or three at that point wasn't even running for the title anyways. They were there just to sort sure. out fourth to 10th for the payout at the end of the year. Yep. Fine. I get that. 
but I I just think there needs to be some type of system around not discrediting the entire season of work for one night when you and Ricky did it. He brought he brought the best of the best, a brand new race car. He brought the whole works, and I get it. it it's it's racing, as they say, it's racing. But I just think there needs to be some type of tier. There needs to be an incentive. Correct. Because now when uh, in Ricky's done a great job talking on this and he's made a lot of really good comments about it is what it is. We're going to go race and that's what it's going to be. Um, But I do think there has to be some incentive because if you look at it, somebody that says, well, I could get in the final four, but if the final four is at a track one, I suck at or two, I could go there and somebody could run me over and I finish fourth. I don't want to take that risk. Old Moran damn near stole it. Uh, he, 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 I was sitting there on with two to go thinking the the guy that no one on planet Earth picked to win that title was going to win the title. He's going to steal it. Yep. Yep. And that's absolutely zero knock on Moran because he's a certified wheel man. Yep. But when you look at the odds of those those four, he that they were not in his favor, unfortunately. He had he would have been, you know, if, if you're doing odds, he would have been the guy that had the four digit odds, and everybody else would have been three. Yep. I mean, plus 1200. Yeah, yeah, 100%. 100%. <laughs> Absolutely. So, I don't know. It's, you know, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of conversation about in the off season. It, it, we'll see if something comes of it, if they change it, if they just abolish it. You know, who's to say? It, it, you don't know you don't know if you don't try yep and all right we tried it now let's have the conversation and let's get let's make sure everybody's on the same page and is okay with it going forward yep yep i agree um so hopping back into the race though hudson O'Neill was another one that had an early a problem early on right rear goes down maybe some fuel issues there somehow makes his way back um and again he was you know, he ultimately ends up being your champion for it, but he was down and out early in that race. It was a lap down. Yeah. I'm asking Kellen as much as we follow, follow dirt, you know, NASCAR, you got the lucky dog and I'm asking Kellen, can these guys get their lap back? Like and one, they time. Do, one time, one time, and that one caution, he wasn't in the lucky dog spot. But Garrett but, Smith was ahead of him, and he had already received the lucky dog. So it goes to the next guy, and there he sat, yep. Hudson O'Neill, after everything that he had gone through in that race. And you know, I, we're a pit, we're a pit crew ourselves, but I think this what this weekend, you know, for guys that are got full time jobs like us, and they do this on the side or you know whatever. Those pit crews this weekend, I mean, that's damn near like playing quarterback in the NFL. You see it happen on the track. You got – you're in the huddle. You got one minute to call your play, and then that car's there, and get out and execute. And everybody's got to be on the same page. Everybody's got to know exactly what we're doing, what we're changing. And kudos to all those pit crews because – Golly, with the track conditions, they had to be dialed in. And we talked about RTJ and Hudson O'Neill, another one that was down and out 
But, you know, comes back in as his pit crew gets him right on point with the stops. And, yeah, um, also, roller coaster for Hudson O'Neill. I know. I think and I think that caution that got him to lap back, I think that was our guy, Mr. Dolm, when he lost that right rear left. <laughs> Uh, yep. Another storyline in itself. Cool. Can we talk about that for a second? Mr. Dolm himself. The, that car. How was that car? Like, he took the lead, and he literally, in a matter of, like, one or two laps, he had a front stretch on the entire field. Come on. I'm, let's just back up to the point where I'm pretty Started sure 17th, started 17th, by the way. What, what was he doing? What did they do to that car? Where's that nitrous bottle at? Yeah. (laughs) Do you know what I have a sneaking suspicion about? Oh, God. Not not cheating or anything. Okay. Okay. No, not anything like that. Um, Or like Michigan sign stealing. Um, Yikes. (laughs) Nothing like that. But um, to be honest, what I feel like, and this is just, you know, after he won the dome and, you know, some of the things he said in the interviews, like in a way I was hoping he won that because that interview was oh. going to be much, much. <laughs> but off the know, rails. Yeah. Um, but my point with him is, you know, he probably had a decent car and, a lot of these guys, you know, he's known for his his bull ring race and the dome, all these, you know, short tracks like that. And I don't know why I thought this, but I'm like, he showed up. Nobody expected him to do anything. And he probably has run a few of these 100-lap races. But my guess is I'm watching him just turn and burn is that he was going there no game plan other than to drive this thing to the front and stay in the front and stay in the front. And we were talking about me and Kellen, we were talking on the phone during that race, you know, JD, he's running fourth, not moving, not gaining. Nobody's catching him except Carpenter. Um, But he's just sitting there. And I'm like, I said to Kellen, I'm like, to be honest, he's probably just riding. He knows it's a hundred laps. He knows, you know, He's going to ride. JD's for, been around the block with these long races. 100%. He knows he's going to ride for 70 laps and then he's going to start turning it up. I guess my sneaking suspicion as I watched Carpenter go nuclear on the field. He thought was it was that, a 30 lap feature. He thought it was a 30 lap feature and we got to go now. And he probably's like, got nothing to lose. Happy to make the show. Nobody expects me to do anything well, he, in my race. I'm just going to get in. I'm yep. gonna put this thing on the top side of the track, and I'm gonna drive this son of a gun to the front. Well, he even he even posted on Facebook. I think he posted something along the lines of like winning winning the dirt the dirt dome two times in a row has been career changing and this and that. But he said to lead laps in the fashion he did parallels those winning the dirt dome. Yeah, the way he did, like he just said, he goes that was that was like. Everyone knows he's a short track guy and he's good at the little bull rings, but he he made some comments. Even he said himself that that was awesome. Well, I'm and for sure, I think I, I think I saw his wife posted something too that said 
we didn't front. he didn't he didn't win the race, but they won. They won. They, had a, the they moral they morally won the race by yeah. the car they had and him being up front and, and leading that race. Hey, time out. We got some equipment for sale. If we're interested. Oh God. Boys, get your credit cards. We're going racing. <sighs> you realize that's just the equipment. We still gotta buy the car at the shop. Yeah, it says. Of course, serious... we don't need the shop if we're just going out of the trailer, anyways. Yeah, it says serious inquiries only. I don't know what you guys got for seven hundred twenty thousand dollars, but we well, can try. Here's an idea: we can all sell our houses and live in that together. I mean, we all yeah. live in apartments. <laughs> That too. So, so we can all we can all go in on the on on the toter for. Oh, getting back to planet Earth here. Um, Yeah, but before we come back to planet Earth. Oh, so here's I'm reading I'm reading Carpenter's post. He just said, um, was one of the most memorable moments of my driving career. From 17th to first, have a power steering pump fail while leading. I just couldn't hold the car. We the way I needed it too much longer. I was completely exhausted and it resulted in DNF. Was I mad? Heck no, but I was very disappointed the speed we found just for a part failure to bring it all to an end. Not only did I did I personally need the recognition, but so doesn't my dad and all of us at Krypton Aries cars deserve it as well. So it's a pretty cool deal that he that's a career moment for him to just lead laps and even not even finish. So. And, and against the strength of field, too. Yeah. I mean, this was one of those if, if you're an elite model, you're probably there. Yep. So against that strength of field that was there, that's a big deal. 62 cars showed up for it. So. Yeah. Before we come back, back down to planet Earth, what if the pit crew, what if we got that toter and the three of us stones just hopped in that for the summer. Got a little setup in there to, to record some podcasts, but we just hopped in that thing for, for three months and drove from racetrack to racetrack. Across. Oh, my God. Well, we could probably buy the truck and sell the trailer until we get a car. Sure. Get so Just get a camper. 7, and 720 divided by two. That's probably what? 350, 360. Get out your credit card, ladies and gentlemen. There's two, there's, oh, my God. We already got enough <laughs> bad ideas going around. Well, they're not, oh, they're not, not bad, bad ideas, just but just knucklehead ideas. ideas. That's probably a better term. Knucklehead expensive ideas. <laughs> expensive. There you go. Very expensive doing... knucklehead ideas. Let's <laughs> start doing some marketing and see if we can find some sponsors. Oh. Hey, if, if you buy this, if you're for interested. Us, if you're interested, we will Lots put. Hey, if you buy this, your logo on both sides of the toter. What was that cost? Well, it's seven hundred fifty thousand to buy. It's going to be like those in-car cameras. They're just going to be decals all over the freaking place. Does it make sense? No, but your name's on it. That's all that matters. Yeah, for real. Well, yeah, but Carpenter, dude, that was that I. Cam, we were literally on the phone watching that, and I go, what's happening? What is going on? This is insane. Yeah. Oh. Um, B-Shep, though, you know, he's, he ran a handful of races in that house car. Tell you what, he, uh, there you go, repping. Tell you what, 
he he put like he was another guy that just kind of minded his own, saved stuff a little bit, got up front when he needed to. He start he came from fourteenth. No, nope. just he was there. He was there right when he needed to be. Good and way to know, end the year there. And you know what the crazy part is? That's his team for next year. Yep. Whatever series he decides to run, look out. Here we come, boys. He is gonna be fast. Um, that was that third leg swinging. He was somebody that. So yep. with the track, I mean. The track was either on the bottom on the inside, the middle was the Rocky Mountains, and then you had to run it on the cushion up against the wall was a, the second smoothest. The final laps, I'm like, dude, he's just running that thing through the mountains. That car is just bouncing left, right, yeah. like, dude, how is nothing breaking on this thing? But he just smashed a loud pedal right through how it all. He- Doubt, that too. Just the head, the head knocking in the yeah. seat. <laughs> well, Bobby Pierce posted on Facebook his car store up and he has a mild concussion. <laughs> I mean, can, but, B Shepherds, he's a he's a little bit of a unit too, but but hey, I will say well, one thing, and this will be a, a episode for um the off season. His paint schemes, oh my! Oh, that was a slick car. That, that true timber, that true yeah. timber, hunting orange with the camo on it. Oh my gosh, was that just sharp? I love that paint scheme. But yeah, I was thinking side tangent off season would be uh some of our you know top three paint scheme rings and yeah. yeah. But but yeah, B Chef, that was his um. I think I saw his sixth hundred plus thousand dollar win. Oh, I just thought you said it. that's his fifth dirt track world championship. That well, that too with three different teams. Yeah, um, I was just how to show up when he needs to show up. Um, oh, you, you have to have probably turning wrenches on that car. I mean, that yeah. thing is gonna be absolute fast no matter what. Fifth. Dirt Track World Championship for him. Earning the $100,000 payday. Yeah. Um, You know, another thing, too, is, you know, we talked about it, that, you know, that championship come literally coming down to that last corner. Those handful laps before that last corner, I, you know, Hudson O'Neill, we, we've said it here before. He lives, he rides or dies by that curb. Or that yeah, that curb up on top, and boy, was he riding it all the way around, dude. I mean, it was no different than Cedar Lake when we were there. Oh, yeah, seven hundredths of a second, like same deal. He damn near he won it. He, he damn near won it because Shepard ran that ran that bad boy right out of fuel. Yep, he ain't got no gas in it. <laughs> ain't got uh, no gas in it. I mean, <laughs> yeah. and I think. You know, and I think, you know, kind of summing up, you know, the the whole, that whole race, I think Moran kind of put it, I think Moran's interview kind of summed it up, like, a lot of mixed emotions and opinions on the race, on the format, but 
can we ask for anything better? Oh, that, that, that was, that was a race. I mean, that was the race itself was just. Three laps, you could ask for. three laps to go, two contenders sliding each other for a big payday. And so running down B-Chef for the lead. So to that point, even outside of the, the championship implications, even with all of whatever went, went on with the track and all this other stuff and all these track experts we've got on social media, it was so intriguing that you just couldn't not watch. Like that was the biggest thing about it is like as much as it might have been people said, oh, this, that, or the other thing about the track, at the end of the day, that race was so intriguing that no matter what you follow in dirt late mile racing or even dirt racing itself, you were tuned in to watch that because you knew it was going to get interesting in that hundred yeah. lap. So that was kind of an interesting take I saw on social media, or I should say Twitter. Um, is that they just said that at the end of the day, it was just so intriguing that you couldn't look away. You could not watch about it. And now yeah. the best part is for Lucas Oil, everyone's talking about it. Yep. I mean. Good, good or bad. Good or bad. Yes, there's going to be some bad. But at the end of the day, they're all talking There's about no it. such thing as bad publicity. Ask the Midwest Truck Series. hey oh, <laughs> Got him. I will say, you know. Like we kind of alluded to it earlier, in you know, Lucas Oil had their hands tied with Mother Nature and that track mm-hmm. and what to do. And hats off to Eldora. They did a hell of a job trying to get it ready. What do you do? Oh, I mean, they do what they yeah. bet the best they could do, but I will say it was like six cars finished. Not a great look as like there's like 10 laps to go with the caution. They're like, Yeah, we got 10 cars on the track, and it's like what? When he started, <laughs> when he started 28. Yeah. So, an expensive night for the boys, to say the least, too. But Well, we do know that $20,000 total will get us home, though. <laughs> who, was, who was blowing up post-McCready? McCready. Oh, yeah. It's just puking, a race. Just and, puking yeah, the just, water out yeah. of it. Demon just, but he 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 brought her home. What they say, fourth or fifth, <laughs> second to last. He was, he, was, he, was giving, he was giving B Shep a run there at the end a little bit. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, kind of reminds me. Pretty might have to leave one last message for B Shep before he passes the Longhorn House Car torch. Because that was current Longhorn House car and future Longhorn House car going at it there for a little bit. So McCready gave him all he had. McCready's motor blowing up right after the future. God, I forget the driver and even the team, but I remember this one NASCAR race. They were racing at Dega, and or it might have been Charlotte. Either way, came across the line. The crew chief said that motor was built to run 500 and a quarter mile of that race. Because as soon as he crossed that finish line, that motor blew, and he won the race. Jesus. Same thing, yeah. But, I mean, for, for the situation that we had on our, at, they had on their hands, I think kind of wrapping that conversation up, like, Eldora did the best they could with what they had. Yep. 
Lucas Oil got your hands tied. All things considered, again, Eldora just produces awesome races. Yep, 100%. And all around awesome race and was more of a you know two-lane race either had to run the very bottom or you had to run the very top but all things considered and the bumps in the corners you know whatever kind of made it a little bit interesting like guys running through there you're just like hang on you watch them sling it right through that and you're just like you're watching dollar bills leave the bank account as they're running through that. It's just there's like, there's a hundred bucks. There's a hundred bucks. There's a hundred bucks. Yeah, but no, I think all things considered, on that on that weekend, like again, Lucas Oil, those late model drivers, they always show up, yeah. and even when things aren't ideal, again, they'll find a way. Race, they still put on a show. And yep. make the best of what they're dealt with. So, um, yeah, awesome race. And sad to see that that season's wrapped up because I've loved watching those boys this year. It's been a been a good year. And also, side note, I was, when me and Kel were talking on the phone, it's not great to compete with Sunday night football, but, hey, I, I love the little Sunday night race in action. Heck, yeah. Like solid. not maybe not every weekend, but hey, in the summertime. Yeah, yeah, in that summertime, like that'd be perfect for put us. a couple of your crown jewels on a Sunday night. On a Sunday night, that Sunday night race, like I I was thrilled watching the screens that. are getting a workout. Yeah, big, big time. But yeah, I I, I was me and Kelly kind of talking, I'm like Shit, I kind of like this this Sunday night race, and you know most of the shows are Thursday to Saturday, but that Sunday night stuff, I I liked it. Do it in June, do it in July before football starts. You don't have to compete. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Well, it's like Chris, I I've done it throughout the entire year. Like I've I've you know I've got the setup here where I've got I got a big monitor up top here, and I got this computer right here. I'll have you know three races going up top here. I'll have one going here. Or it's like I sent you guys a couple throughout the year where it's like I got the TV in this room here too. I'm just trying to find a picture of like that setup. But like I have, oh, here we go. You know, it's like I got I got three races going on on the computer. I got the laptop sitting down here. I got a race going on the TV. It's just, it's, if you got enough screens, go for it. And that's a plus with flow racing too. If you got the number of screens, you can have as many races to go with it. Yep. The only thing I think too about the Sunday night thing is it's probably not a great, not going to be real conducive to fanfare and fan travel. You know, people that travel to see a crown jewel. Sure. But eh, it's the price you pay to see a crown jewel. Most you can do is come out on a Sunday night and take a Monday off to for your travel. But right. yeah, I don't know. Um, I am be an off season discussion there. Yeah, um, but Lucas Oil, awesome year. They every week they produced, um, and yeah, just edge of your seat action. Yeah, and sad to see it end. Well, starting to sound like Van, sound starting to sound like Van Girl here. Already looking forward to going to Volusia in middle of January. So 
<laughs> Speed weeks, baby. I was just adding, actually adding that to our list of off-season debates. So, see yeah. if we get get around to that one. Yeah. Um, any final thoughts before we uh, move on to the cup scene? No, I think we kind of touched on. Yeah. No, I again can't reiterate the the awesome show. Um, and good to see old B Shep. I like B Shep. Good to see him wheel it and especially in his family car. So good for him. Um love that paint scheme. Jeez. Awesome. And that's yeah, a slick car. Um yeah, definitely gotta check out the schedule next year and see if we can get to some more of those those races because those are awesome shows. So yeah. Um keeping up with the theme you know we mentioned earlier that it, you know we're getting a championship season i think championship season kind of ramps up the quality of racing for you know maybe lack of a better term um just because guys are kind of laying on the line uh, you know you kind of had the same thing here with homestead um you know you get a little bit of surprise there in the playoff mix really rattle some things up there um before we dive into that, though, let's talk. Let's just talk about the race itself. How, what was your guys' impression with uh, the Homestead race this past weekend? Needs to be on the needs to be on the schedule, no doubt. I do think it needs to stay in the playoffs too. Sure. You got guys. I, I, I so I know part of that race. It, it felt kind of drawn on. It's just kind of like there wasn't a lot going. I mean, the restarts were all over the place. I mean, especially with the, the amount of lanes you could run there. I mean, the restarts were all over the place, which is great. Um, I had, I kind of felt like it was a little drawn odd, but I mean, again, it's playoff race. The intensity wraps up and, and I mean, you get guys that were making mistakes or having issues and, you know, playoffs are all over the place now. Yep. So first off, yeah. Awesome track. Um, you love a track where, you know, it's not dirt, but you got guys trying to throw sliders and old Blaney cussing about Denny trying to slide. Oh, I love it. <laughs> that was awesome. Um, I love it. No, I, 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 I thought, I thought I put on a good show. Um, uh, I watched a video. I probably sound like a broken record. Um, but like, again, that was a track where you got guys running all over the track. Guys got running guys running the apron, one lane up, two lanes up. And then you got the bold and the brave that are running that thing two inches from the wall. And yeah, I thought for um from a racing standpoint, I like it in the playoffs. I like where it's at. But I was gonna pose the question, you know, depending on your thoughts, you know, Kellen, you obviously sound more on the optimistic side of it, liking it, you know, is that a track, you know, is that a Vegas? Should that track, should we go to that track twice? I don't, I don't mind it. I don't mind going twice. Um, I do think it has to stay in the playoffs without a doubt, but I, I wouldn't mind going twice. Um, it's a track that it's a different style of racing up against the fence. Guys wrapping the bottom or sliding the bottom per se. Um, but I do think that 
um, that style of race produces good finishes, good restarts. It keeps interesting, especially with the stage breaks. Um, mm-hmm. I know you got, and I agree with Van Gro. It did feel like at one point it just felt like we were just making laps. Like it felt like it got a little drawn out, but once you got once you got the boys regrouped, we were back to duking it out again. So yep. you knew that in- anticipation was building, whether it be a stage break or somebody losing a tire or whatever the situation. Street fight pit stops. Yeah, you know, yep. you knew that the boys were going to get re- regrouped again that they were going to have to be ready to rock and roll. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if it uh, Homestead could definitely make a case for having a second race, but I think just with the variety of tracks that there are on the schedule, and I love the variety of tracks that are on the schedule, I think that ends up on the list of tracks that if you're going to run only one race there, I think that's one of those tracks that ends up only getting one race. Um. You, you got to cut somewhere, and I just feel like that's the race that gets cut, personally. Um, no, and, and that end of the race there, I mean, you, yeah, you had guys that were, you had guys that were swapping lead. I mean, you had, you had Blaney that was leading a ton of laps. You had Byron that was leading some laps. Bubba led early in that race. Hamlin led the majority of those laps. He, or sorry, he led thirty-one of those laps. So it's, you had a lot of guys that were were. Swapping lead. I didn't realize this, but Blaney led a ton of laps, 53 laps in that race. Jesus. Um I just saw I was gonna try to pull up a video of Larson. Did you anybody see his in-car cam of him running the wall? Yeah, it was nuts. Oh, yeah. Insane. Insane. I saw one with Junior running the wall too, which there was another headline, Junior coming back to run Homestead this past weekend. FYI, Den- Denny did say it's not a hack move. Blaney. It's not a hack move. No, <laughs> no, he's. He did, I didn't read the whole article, but it's just he, there's a quote that says Denny says that's two people racing. By the way, for a final four of a championship, it's just interesting. P- people are like, "Why are you racing Blaney so hard? What are you talking about?" I wasn't mad about – I was mad that Blaney was – or not Blaney. Hamlin was trying to throw sliders and wasn't committed. Like – You mean pull up even to him? Yeah, I just – there were so – and I was yelling. I'm like, God, God damn it, Hamlin, you're ruining Blaney's runs here. Yeah, Blaney's getting off the gas, and he's losing his run, and it, you can tell I'm getting animated about it, but God damn it. He had a car that could have won that race. It's just those runs hurt him. Let's go, Danny. Use them all. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, it's short track racing. Yeah, it's short track. Yeah, it's short track racing. He, he's going to get put in the wall if he has that kind of attitude going into it. Well, then after he breaks, then uh, Blaney comes on the radio and drops the old F-bomb on him. Yep. But no, that was um, – yeah, you know, was, talking about that was, you know, that was good racing, and, and talking about getting to the end of that race. I mean, it was, you know, for a while there, you had all four of them were kind of in contention. Of you know, a guy slips up, you know, somebody's going to go by, and and you could do a little bit of side draft, and it's just the guys were all for the Byron Reddick, Blaney, and Bell. They were all in contention for that win there, right at the end, and ultimately ends up being Bell that gets the win, and. You know, I think kind of steals a playoff spot here in the final four, just like he did last year at Martinsville. Kind of steals a spot. 
definitely stole one. Um, you're looking at three stones to not one of us out of 12 final four picks. Not one of us put C Bell in. So yeah. <clears throat> I would definitely say stole one. Um, but I mean, he ran, ran second last week too. So, I mean, it's, and, and we've kind of alluded to that in the past couple weeks. We can say, sit here and say he stole one. I would say by our picks, but for any of us to sit here and say we're surprised that he got a win, I don't think any of us are. No, he's been firing on all cylinders at the right time of the year. Like they're dialed in. He's yeah. Um, he's been kind of going. So I'm looking at I'm looking at his most recent finishes. So we'll start in the playoffs here. Started off rough. He was 23rd in the at Darlington. He was eighth at Kansas and third at Bristol. Uh, then he was fourth at Texas, 14th at Dega, 15th at Roval, second at Vegas, first at Homestead, which by the way, of those, of those races, he was on the pole for four of them and second for another one of those. So he's, he's starting up front and it, he was finally able to stay up front and finish out front for this one. I mean, the Bell did win his way through a Martinsville last year, so that shouldn't be a surprise, but I don't know. I didn't think he'd get it done at Homestead. Yep. Um, MTJ, you know, his playoff woes kind of keep going here. Definitely, again, was uh, animated about not having a good card. And... It's not his fault he blew up. Oh yes, that's no. yes, but but still, it's not like he was running good during that race. I mean, crazy, he was down to twenty six at one point in time. <laughs> what 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 was what was he saying on the radio when he said, "I'm done with this shit," or he said, "I'm done listening" or something? He came on on the radio. Yeah, I thought it was something along the lines of the last time I listened to you, as far as an adjustment goals or something along that line. Yeah, he's, you know, for a guy, he had all kinds of confidence coming in this playoffs. That that confidence isn't there. Hey, good thing he signed up for another year of this. Oh. Um, no, but that was somebody who. Just... I. 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 Yeah, yeah, talking about Donald scratching. Was yeah, not Matt... having a good time. Yeah, Hamlin hit the wall, and he had Truex blow up in a matter of two laps, three laps. That's seen for for Joe Gibbs, and again, highest highs. You have one driver lock himself in, a guy you didn't probably didn't expect to lock himself in, and your two you thought shoe ins lock ins are on the outside looking in, going into Martinsville. Yikes. So, um, you know, I think the other big headline or not headline, but conversation come out of it was Larson and his. Uh, he wanted to enjoy the beach a little bit there in Miami. Yeah, when Bahaing. He found the sand oh, for fucking, that one. Excuse my language, but Blaney checked him up. He did. He was conservative. He Five was conservative. Five mile an hour conservative. Five. 
Give me a break. Well, what's Larson do it too? I mean, break. he was coming in. What was the ch- okay? Even well, if Larson missed Blaney, what Blaney. were the chances of him hitting pit road speed? Good. Blaney checked him up because you gotta remember this car's got the bigger brakes on it. Blaney checked him up, pinched him, give him a half a lane to the wall, and Larson had nowhere to go. It was either one commitment lane violation or two to sand wall. Blaney was running his line coming into pit road. I he knew Larson had the better car. I think that was the problem. I no, don't. I don't. I don't think Larson was going to make it. I think he came screaming in there. Um, but I utter mistake, and he's lucky he's locked in. Is what it comes down to. You know, somebody I I heard a, I saw a clip from Door Bumper Clear. It was is is this an instance of Larson running out of talent, or was it just overstepping a boundary? And I mean. I think it, I thought it, I had a quick thought about it was, I don't think it's necessarily him running out of talent. I think it's just him overstepping boundaries. It's he goes for big or broke and he does it multiple times on the year. And it, for him, I think it's, it's definitely overstepping. And, but to that point, my counter argument is he's locked in. So he's running up front. He's got nothing to lose. Hey, I'm going to – here's a chance to gain some serious ground on the leader. I'm taking it – you best believe I'm going to get every inch I can. If he gets a speeding penalty, okay, we're locked in. Do your pass-through penalty, get going. But I just think that is a situation of somebody who's who's got himself locked in he can afford to take more chances and, and do things that other people can't. Now, Blaney coming to pit road like he's driving through the downtown Stratford going 25 miles an hour. That I, I mean, yes, Blaney, Blaney definitely checked up there. But it's also it's again, you, guys are coming in, you know they're hitting the as hitting the wall. Why did Larson go outside to try and miss Blaney and not inside? Like that'd be the other part of that conversation. I think. I mean, call me an idiot if you think I'm an idiot, but I mean, no, I just think it's a matter of how you practice being on pit road in practice is what sure. And I mean, yeah, he was he was hitting his marks, and his marks are right at that wall. Yeah. It just was two different styles clashed at the same instant, and there was just no They, they just balked heads, and he, yeah. Larson had to make a decision. He decided to take the wall instead of wrecking Blaney, unfortunately. Yeah. Blaney's pit road speed started a couple football fields before pit road. <laughs> no, I, I – yeah. it. I, I There's so many scenarios that went on with it. It's just – it's you, – you can't point – I mean – Sure, somebody can point fingers at who's to blame, but I'm sure that both of them have their sides of the stories and two different sides of the stories. And that at, at the end of the day, you move on. You got you got another race to, and like you said, Larson was locked in, so it's not the end of the world for him. It's just you know going out there trophy hunting. It's a trophy you couldn't get. Yeah. So, no. uh, yeah. Bell gets in. 
again, turns, turns the playoffs around. You know, we're going into Martinsville. We'll touch on Martinsville a little bit. But, you know, Byron's 30 to the good. Blaney's 10 to the good. Reddick's 10 out. Truex and Hamlin are 10 out. And Busher's 43 out. So, I mean, you got guys that are, are concerned that thought were going to be locks. And you got, you know, maybe one guy that you didn't think was going to be in it that's in it. And things could get shaken up here once we leave Martinsville. You could almost say that those three outside of Byron are in must win. Yeah. You yeah, because you can't you, guarantee everybody else what they're going to do. Right. Yep. So as long as Byron runs decent, finishes the race in the top 15, you could pretty yep. much lock him in. Yep, Blaney for sure. plus 10. Blaney's plus 10. I can't even believe it. Plus ten. Hey, you right now, Rick in your shorts. On I'm a side. fan. After I'm a fan know. of two people right now, Blaney and Byron. Because if Byron wins, that just increases Blaney's chances of getting in. Unbelievable. So well, then you can throw Bell in there. True. Hey, Bell or Larson. I need any of them three guys to win. If it isn't Blaney, got to remember Martin Truex is pretty solid there too. So he is. Yep. And again, we'll talk, we'll discuss that a little bit as we get into it. But um, yeah, hey, one one side note that I was going to bring up on just to finish looking at, you know, the top 10 of Homestead, <clears throat> somebody who we've talked about and their race team, we've talked about a fair amount um, on when we first started getting into this. And the team hasn't announced plans and he's unsure what he's doing, but AJ Elmendinger. Hold up. He Top backed up the performance from the Roval to, to this. Yeah. Top five. And again, I don't know what, what the situation is, who's going cup racing for colleague next year, but I mean, outside of one person, I think, he should have his job there. Like, I I agree. I yeah. think he brings just too much valuable insight as far as a cup driver standpoint. That veteran, way hundred percent, hundred percent. People won't realize how long he's been around. Oh yeah, he's been around for a long time. So I think that veteran OS, I think is is more valuable. Yep, especially to some young cup drivers like Hemrick. Who, yes, he's been a cup driver before, but he's also young. So, yep. Um, and and an Almondinger who I think is in a lot more comfortable spot and a happier spot with colleague than he was with uh, JTG or even Red Bull or anything like that. It's yep. you, you, the driver's committed; he's happy, and when a driver's happy, the performance is there. The team's got. The team is backing him up. He said, "I'm I'm going to be with Colleague in some way, shape, or form, so that the team's got you know he's got the backing of the team. That's a big plus too." And Colleague even said he'll retire in Colleague uniform yep. in some fashion. So, yep, it's just they got to figure out on the backside of what they want to do and where they're most happy and what's most beneficial for everybody. So, yeah, kind of cool deal. So, no, again, Homestead. And again, another good race. And again, you get to the championship season and the rate the intensity ramps up and it shows in the race. And again, it puts out a good race. So 
Um, any final thoughts before we kind of move into one of the other big headlines from from this week of racing? No, man, solid. No, um, good weekend of racing uh, on the Cup side. Um, definitely got got to, got to shake up the things here with somebody nobody expected. Blaney being up plus ten. Um, team looks to be firing on all cylinders right now, but next weekend. Edge of your seat. Better be there. Elbows up and check the belts twice because Ooh, yeah, things are going to get rowdy. And no, you can't ride the wall this year either. That's, uh, that's a no-no this year. So. I watched that video the other day. <laughs> Stupid, but can we actually acknowledge the fact of what he pulled off? Oh, it's phenomenal. It was, it's one of the, it's going to go down as one of the greatest race moves of all time. Utter insanity to just put her on the wall and peg it. Dr- literally drop a gear and disappear. I mean, it, it, that, yeah. That move was insane. So, no, I'm looking forward to this coming weekend. Um, Martinsville is always an awesome track, short track. The boys are going to be banging. See if we can get a Denny Hamlin short track racing. And, hey, at the end of this weekend, we'll have a little bit more clarity on our final four picks. That we will. Um, So, typically in this segment, we would uh, transition to some race previews. Uh, A little lighter as far as the races this weekend, but we also got a pretty big headline that came out of the 410 sprint car scene that we're going to do one-for-one trade. We're going to give up a preview, and we're going to cover this. Uh, High high Limit Sprint Car Series acquires the All-Star Circuit of Champs. There were some rumors twirling around the past couple weeks, the last two weeks of – or two races of the high limit series and it comes to fruition here and tell you what the uh the 410 sprint car scene's looking a lot brighter in the future with with this acquisition acquisition or this transition going on so uh cam i guess we'll start with you what's your thoughts with this whole transition and then you know what you're kind of looking forward to out of it uh no i think it's gonna be awesome and we touch on this in one of our first episodes when the rumor first came on first came up we were already talking about it um you know what it, what it's gonna do to the sprint car scene and uh, i don't think i think this is an awesome move um and you said when tony stewart sold it um his quote on <clears throat> i'm just paraphrasing but um if he was going to sell it, he was going to sell it to two people who he knows are passionate and committed to the sprint car scene. And it, it was what's going to do best for the drivers in the series. And yeah, I think we got a glimpse of what it'll be with high limit this year. Brad Sweet and Kyle Larson did a phenomenal job with that. And so, um, yeah, I think it's, awesome um i think those two are going to do a phenomenal job i think it's going to be more i think there's going to be a bigger draw to that series 
Um, so I don't know. It's going to be interesting. What does Brad Sweet do now? He's a world outlaw guy. Um, and he's even mentioned too Arson. that you know yeah. he he's only got maybe a handful of years left in the world of laws before he hangs it up. You know, does this maybe maybe may play his hand and and does that know, speed up those few years? Yeah. Yep. But no, I think I, I'm going to be curious just to see what the schedule is they lay out. Are they going to keep? Uh, I don't. I haven't read all the details on it, but we'll just be curious to see what their what the schedule plan is, what they lay out for a schedule. If it's going to be similar to, you know, are they going to run you know a schedule like they did last year, a lot of races like the All Star Circuit did, or are they going to kind of tone it back and do maybe? you know, a middle ground, maybe 20 races, you know, high limited, I think 11, maybe they try to find yeah, a middle 12. ground. There's first year with the high limit. 12 and the all-star series ran a, a bunch. So maybe they find a middle ground and maybe they run, you know, 20 big shows. And I think it'd be, I think that'd oh. be awesome. So I, I think it's a great, great move. I think sprint cars, this dirt sprint cars are in, Great hands and, um, yeah, I think it's an awesome move. So, couple thoughts I had. So, Brad Sweet, number one, pretty much has his fifth straight World of All Lost title right wrapped up. So, I don't necessarily think he's got anything to prove anymore from a driving standpoint per se. He's gonna win his fifth straight title. So, that's insane in itself. Uh, two. I could see them blending both the the all-star circuit of champions and high limit and doing a couple big time midweek shows, but then running their regular stuff. Maybe that Tuesday night show is somewhere between we're racing yep. at Knoxville and they're going to go somewhere in Kentucky. They find somewhere like Fairbury or somewhere in the middle and they do a Tuesday night midweek show for some big money. Um, I could see them maybe eliminating a weekend here or a weekend there and doing a bigger time Tuesday night show somewhere that's reasonable to get to and on the way to where you're headed for the next track. So I think that's a, a, a good mashup in the middle of those two Um, with that. But I don't know. I mean, I think these guys are in right away when this rumor started to swirl. I think a lot of people were talking about how they're going to treat teams and drivers. These are sprint car guys. They will take care of them, whether yep. that's in paydays, whether that's in hospitality, whether that's in location, whether that's in travel, whatever they can do, they will take care of these guys. Um, and that's going to be, I think, what in a high limit said, we'll have a, a schedule and a driver roster coming out. I'm going to tell you. I think that puts the world of outlaws, and as much as we want to say competition is a bad or a, bad, a good thing to a certain degree, well, Knoxville came out and said they've got the world outlaw sprint cars at Knoxville the weekend NASCARs at Iowa. You don't think that they have already game planned or they knew this was going to happen? They, they were feeling updates together. Right They're going to try to put these big shows together. Yep. to try to draw guys to that series. So, again, competition is a good thing, but I just think 
when you look at how he's going to treat these guys, I think Larson and Sweet are. And the other side of this is that's going to hurt our old boy Casey Kane's racing program. Hmm. Brad Sweet steps away. What does Casey Kane do? And he runs a B main. He maybe will make the feature. Uh, well, but team. who's to say? Who's to say that if if Sweet does leave the World of Outlaws, that maybe he runs the full high limits All Star Circuit of Champs schedule with a Casey Kane car? True. You know who it? You know just because you know Kane, sure Kane could still run the World of Outlaws, but he he could still have Sweet running the All Star Circuit of Champs in one of his cars. True. I mean, that's a yeah, deal in its own right. It will, it'll, yeah, absolutely. You're not wrong. I think it'll just take him a little time to balance the sure promoter owner, and owner, owner and... race director, logistics guy with somebody setting up his race cars and, and getting ready to race. But ultimately, that comes down to having those people in those places to take care of that. Yep. You know, ultimately, Brad Sweet and Kyle Larson, they're there to. They're there to one have those people in place, but two maybe have the pull as far as sponsorships and paydays and tracks that they go to. But when it comes to the day to day operations, they've got the people in place to handle that. That's famous quote of all time: "Hire good people around you, then you don't have to worry too much." Yep, hundred percent. And that's what Stewart's done with the countless ventures that he's in between between Aldora, the All Star Circuit Champs, his NHRA program. I mean. Uh, Stuart Haas racing and what the hell else he's in you know it's okay he's got the pull he'll find people that'll if if money needs to be found he'll help in that way but day-to-day operations people are in place SRX too yeah yes SRX another good example yep that dude's got his his hand in literally everything and and, but that tells you how much of a racer he is too he does and he does a good job with it yes 100% Hundred percent. So no, I'm I'm also looking forward to it, and you know, going on that competition side thing too. It's yes, you want the series to have their distinction, Lucas Oil and World of Late Models. You want to have their distinctions and their drivers and whatnot. But it, it racing is good when everybody's working together, and even if there's okay, there's a handful of weeks that okay, World of Outlaws, yep. That's that's their schedule. Knoxville Nationals is a good example of that. Um, you know the the Kings Royal, you know whatever. Um, they could even be track specials for all I know. Again, tells you my my expertise in dirt racing nowadays. But um, even if there's some races where okay, World Outlaw, these are our weekends. We're gonna have these guys. Okay, All Star Circuit Chance. They come in. All right, we've got our handful of weekends. These are, we want those guys here for these races. Every other time, it's okay. We've got, you know, world all ours are out west, and the high limits are in in Midwest. Okay, whoever shows up shows up. That type of thing. So it's if if they could share drivers for some weeks, I think that's where you're going to see the ultimate. Everybody's healthy, but everybody's distinct too. True, I'd agree. And I. At the end of the day, you're going to have guys that are going to run specials for both series. And yep. at some point, they're going to have to pick if they're going to run which for points. Sure. And that's okay. That's They have to make that decision as a team. The nature and of racing. Decide, yeah. But at the end of the day, it, <clears throat> I think they have to coincide somewhat in harmony 
Yeah. For a little healthy competition. Yep. And just healthy racing, period. True. So, uh, no, high limits. They said that they're, yeah, like you said, they're going to come out with their schedule and then drivers, as soon as they got something, I'm sure same thing with the World of Outlaws, they're going to come out with something too. Um, no, I would like to see the good mix of weekend races and, and midweek shows. I don't think we're going to see as many week midweek shows. But I think those that we're going to see are still going to have those very high-paying races to go with some maybe some crown jewel weekend races. So I think they're going to pretty much pick up right where the where the All Star Circuit champs left off. Maybe a slightly smaller schedule because of those midweek shows, but I think you're, it's going to pretty well keep its identity that it's already had with some added value for the midweek shows. Yep, hundred percent, hundred percent. So, no, I'm excited to see what that schedule turns out to be. Uh, again, it's uh, the, the state of 410 racing is very healthy, and I'm excited to see what the years have to come with it. So um, moving on into our previews, again, it's kind of kind of slowing down as far as the year goes. Not many races coming up, so we only got two here for you. Um, starting out with the Hunt the Front Series in their National 100. Um Kellen Cam, I know you guys are big followers of the Hunt the Front, so I'll let you guys take that one over. What what are some things you're looking forward to for this this weekend? Yeah, so kind of diving into the old National 100. Um, pretty cool deal with uh, Hunt the Front TV uh, broadcasting this one. So unfortunately for us flow people, it's not on flow anymore. Um, but I think that's good for Hunt the Front and, and everything they're doing with their broadcast series. Side note, they came out with their 2024 payout um, for their Super Dirt Series. Um, pretty hefty little pay increase they got going on down there. So that's a pretty cool deal for them. But um, going back to that National 100, uh, pretty cool deal there. Um, kind of a little bit of a history lesson. Um, our very own uh, Jimmy Mars won that bad boy in uh, 2008. Um, Bloomer has won the race eight times between 1990 and 2003. Um, pretty wild deal for him doing that. But, um, looking back at the most recent couple of years here, um, you got a two time defending winner in Brandon Overton, he won in 2022 and 2021. Um, and then Joseph Joyner from Hunt the Front himself winning it in 2020. So, um, those are your three previous winners. Um, Pretty heavy entry list. Uh, you got Ricky Thornton Jr. going down there to run that. Um, he's good buddies with uh, Jesse Enterkin, who was a part of the HTF crew. So Jesse had that news that he was going to run before anyone really else knew. So um, hop on over HTF or Hunt the Front TV. Check that out for the weekend. That's kind of a, a big one. Hunter Lapper at East Alabama Motor Speedway, a racetrack with no walls. So you can get run off the racetrack and they're racing for $49,000. So um, again, a pretty, pretty significant payday on a racetrack that is going to get really racy. Um, again, I believe it is. Is it a half mile cam? No. Might be a third mile, um, but Pretty good banking in one and two and three and four. Uh, pretty good banking. So it's it's a racy, racy track. So pretty cool deal down there for the for the national hunter with uh, front the hunt the front running the broadcast for that. 
yeah, um, I think you kind of covered it all. It, it definitely is going to be a good show. And you, like you said, on the front, uh, it appears they're on to something. And maybe they're on to something before. Well, they're probably two steps ahead of what we think they are. But, <clears throat> um, yeah, cool deal for them. Uh, broadcasting it on their their TV and like you said um, anytime you're throwing in Overton RTJ and join her with uh, that win in 2020 it was wild uh, yeah that last lap pass when that forget who uh, who it was that those two cars got together yeah, and he swooped in and stole it for, for the 50k payday I'm pretty sure but yeah no and Previous previous years that track's been really racy and um hopefully you can stack a few more a few more big names on the entry lists and it'll be good. Uh side note. side note for you fellas, it's a three eighths mile. Three eighths mile. Is it is Enerkin, is he gonna run it or no? They may they may take the crate car for him. Not super, I don't think. Or am I wrong? I haven't. I missed. I haven't watched the most recent video, and maybe they haven't put one out yet this week. But I haven't watched it. Um, side note: Speak of bigger, um, bigger names. Uh, Tyler Herb Turbo finished second in twenty twenty two. So, Joyner finishing third on that podium. So, um, again, another big name. Um, so, it's Crown Jewel Good. season. Crown Jewel, and that is that is going to – outside of the Charlotte race for World Outlaws, that's – we're about ready to cap dirt racing. And yeah. uh, I got a couple of uh, Flow Night in America races after that. Sonoya. Yeah, got, got another Hunt the Front race. I'm looking at the uh, schedule right now. And then you got what is this, the XR Super Series? Yep. Got a couple yep. of those. And then yeah, that's about it before Chili Bowl. Yep, because they got uh Castro is going to Sonoya for two nights in a row, Cam. Yep. I think so, that's November twelfth. Uh tenth and eleventh. Yep. That's HTF territory too, Sonoya. Yeah, when do we get into dome season? That's Bubba's territory too. Old Bubba Pollard. They own that that family owns that track. Yep. Uh, dome season is like it's fourteenth to the sixteenth, I believe. We need oh, to. I don't have it on schedule. here. Yeah, uh, come on. I don't. We're lacking. Um, no. Again, if you got the opportunity, definitely tune in. Keep an eye on that one. Um, other big race, obviously, this weekend is the cup race at Martinsville. We touched on it a little bit with some of the playoff implications going into it. Um, looking back at last year, which I was at ra- that race last year, great place. If you ever want to go to that track, it's, it's a track that you don't think would belong in that type of town, but lo and behold, there it is. There's the railroad that goes by that never fails that there's a train that goes by during the race. It just kind of gives you that old school feeling. Um, looking back at last year's race, obviously bell surprised everybody by winning that race. Uh, your top five was Bell, Larson, Blaney, Chastain with his amazing wall wall ride. 
uh, and Hamlin was your top five. Brad Kozlowski was in the top five before he was disqualified in Pulse Race Tech. Um, Hamlin led the majority of that race, uh, so he'll be good there. Uh, Truex is also very good at that track with a handful of wins to his name for there. So, um, no, it's going to be a, another great race there. It, it playoff implications, again, the it, it ramps up the intensity of that race. So I think qualifying is going to be big for that one. It's going to set the tone as far as track position goes. And track position is vital when you're fighting for the bottom all the time. Yes, 100%. So. That's not a place you can set the car up to run the top. Looking back at the race earlier this year there, Kyle Larson was your winner there. Joey Logano was second. Truex was third. Hamlin was fourth. Chase Briscoe was fifth. Uh, looking at the other playoff drivers, Blaney was seventh in that race. Uh, Busher was 14th in that race. Bell was 16th in that race. Uh, let's see. Who else am I missing? Reddick was 22nd. Byron was 23rd. Yep. Wow. Eesh. So it's Take you're gonna notes. have a and they ran all the laps too, by the way. They were all on the lead lap. So that's a surprise with Byron being 23rd. And on the lead lap. Yeah. So side, uh, side, note, side note real quick, Dirt Dome is December 14th and 16th. I just looked. We'll make sure to add that in here on our little schedule too. Yep. Are we, are we going into picks here, or what's the situation? I, I think well, I'm ready for picks if you fellows are. Uh, yeah, who goes first? Is that me? Uh, no, it is going to be Cam went first. He was the low low man on the totem pole for fantasy last week. So pick an order is going to be Cam, Kellen, and then myself. All right. Cam, go so, ahead. Um, I am looking at previous race results. And you better be careful. You're going to get the paralysis by analysis here. No, no, no paralysis by analysis. I'm looking at the two years, two races last year and the one race this year. And I suppose I should halfway get an idea who I want here, too. I got my guy. You're just going off of a win. Oh, yeah. There he is. Um, not going to playoff contender, playoff driver, and I'm going in an even sketchier direction, and I'm going in the Ford camp, and I'm going Joey. Oh, God. I knew you were going there. Um, Jesus Christ. What happened to you? Last year, April race, he finished P2. Um, Yuck. Last year, the playoff race, he finished... P6 earlier this year, P8. Somebody's got a good track record there. Um, and I'm <clears throat> getting sick of picking a playoff guy, and Laney ain't gonna get it done. And I, yeah, look, I gotta make some ground somehow, and I gotta start going outside the norm. So, uh, we're gonna start that trend this week. and Swing for the fences, and I like Joey this weekend. Okay. Well, I like Truex this weekend. 
I'll pick him again. He blew up last week, but I'll pick him again. All right. I'm just gonna. I'm. I don't even need a reason. I'm just gonna take him to win it to get into the final four. Oh, Randy, you're putting me in a predicament here. Great finish here last year, going into the in the final four. There, P20 finish. So for Truex, yeah, yeah, sounds good. Look for him to be up front. Yep, for sure. Um, I'm bouncing three heads in my name right now. I'm going to eliminate one because I know I'm going to get shit for it, and I just don't like his chances. Blaney. Yep, that's the one I'm kicking out. Terminated. Okay, yep, or the other two. You know what? I'll stir the pot here a little bit. God. Let's go with old... Eh, it's short track racing himself. I'm going to go oh. with Hamlin. God damn it. I'll stir that pot. That's you guys. you guys can duke it out as teammates. I hate that for you. Uh, with that in mind, you know, we're talking about uh, duking it out as teammates. Let's, uh, because we're going to have a little bit of a modified championship four because of Bell, who are we taking as our last two championship picks here? So, Cam, we'll go the same picket order here. Cam, who are your final two championship four drivers after Martinsville? Bell Larson, Byron's locked in. I'd say Denny. You're going to go with Denny? Okay. Yeah, Callan, you're going. I got my champ, dude. My champ's not out yet. I'm going to go Byron, and then I'm going to take MTJ. My champ sure. is still in it. I've been riding him the whole playoffs. I got to stick with him. It's... Dude, people maybe don't like a curse on Truex. Maybe you should go off of him, Blintz. No, people don't like him and James Small's dialogue because apparently they yell at each other, but the dude gets shit done, so yeah, we're going in. Well, I'm going to keep Byron because obviously because he was my champ as well, if I remember correct. Let me double check because I know Hopefully he doesn't get a flat on yes, lap one. My, yes, Byron is my champ, so I'm keeping him in there. I'm going to hedge my bets here a little bit, though. I picked Hamlin to win the race. I'm going to keep that pick, but I'm going to hedge my bets as far as championship for it just because I want to be hopeful and Hopefully I could drink a lot of beer afterwards, but I am going to pick Blaney as my other championship four. Wait. <laughs> I said I'm hedging my bets. I'm going two different directions here. Okay. Hopefully I'm right in one of them. Be a situation if I just shit the bed all, all together. That's what yeah. we're looking for. Yep, MTJ is going to do that for you. Just heads up. Um, let's throw another oddball uh, pick here. The Trucks, they've locked in their championship for, uh, for Phoenix. Your championship for are Corey Heim, Grant Enfinger, Carson Holsevar, and Ben Rhodes. Uh, fellas, who are we picking for? Oh, you're put, pumping the brakes here. That's next week. Oh, you're going to save that for next week? Next week, we'll go round table, all three all series. Three, I'll pick all of our four. Okay. 
That's fair. I like that That's idea. Fair. I like that. But well, you know, again, we'll touch on that. Championship four got locked up. Those are your championship four. We'll cover our uh picks for that next week then. So Oh yeah, you can mention who's I don't know if you mentioned High Menfinger, Hosevarn Rhodes. Yeah, yep. I, mean, I, I yeah, I didn't mean to say no, you can't talk about it. Oh, sure. Um no, those four did lock in uh this past weekend, but I was saying let's next week next Save week. Save the picket for next week. Yep. We'll do, I got we'll, you. We'll do all three series, Xfinity Cup or Cup, Xfinity and Trucks. We'll go, go all three. Oh, you bet. So cool. Um no, any uh any final thoughts here before we wrap up a, another solid episode of the Tuesday track talk here, fellas? No, we're I I I was kind of a lot alluding to it. And I was trying to get our schedule up on Instagram. Um but the schedule just gets it gets small and I couldn't get this I couldn't scale the picture to get it to get into Instagram, but the races are getting fewer, but they are getting more and more critical. Yeah. So the importance of them is is way, way higher. Not that the regular season doesn't matter, but uh when you're in a do or die, it's a little bit different scenario. So um we got a few races to cover. Um, we got some great off-season topics we're going to touch on here as we as we wind down here in two weeks. But um, no, man, the importance of these races are getting bigger and bigger as we go. So uh, we're literally racing for titles now. So fewer races to cover, but the trophies are the trophies are coming, and so are the big checks. Yeah, and I don't think you can say much better. We crowned our first champion uh we've really been paying attention to or following closely with lucas isle so yeah um sad to say racing season's winding down but we got two weekends and it's going to be um on on the nascar side it's going to be uh just a wild weekend so like you said the races are winding down but the the pressure is And nope. every move is magnified. So, um, yeah, looking forward to uh, <laughs> another awesome weekend of racing. And I already cut the pro- the promo for for the Badger game on Saturday night. So, <laughs> be looking forward to be looking forward to that. Um, cut the promo, but still don't have a great feeling about it. But one and nine. Hey, we're one and nine in the last ten games. So, like I said in the intro, shit stops this weekend, though. So there you go. Well, uh, good episode. Um, as always, we are always trying to just grow this thing. So, um, we'd love feedback on what you like, didn't like, any ideas, series you want us to cover. Or if you got any ideas for a wild guest that you'd want to hop on and have us chit chat with, send us that way. And yeah, yeah. Um, share our podcast with your racing buddies and let's talk racing. One more that I do want to throw in real quick before we we say our goodbyes. Uh, Wheel and Modifieds 
they're wrapping up their season at Martinsville this weekend. Hey, we're talking about championship season. <laughs> no, you, you said oh, one more thing before we say our goodbyes. Like you make it sound like we're not going to see oh, each other for another Jesus. three or yeah, four. Yeah, till next week. <laughs> yeah. uh, the wheel and modified their championships wrap it up here too at Martinsville. Always ends up being a good race. It's basically a two horse race. Uh, Ron Silk is your championship leader, and I'm going to try not to botch this. Uh, Justin Bonsinger, Bonsinger, Bonsinger yep. uh, is 13 back, so still up for grabs for their championship there. Um, if you got the opportunity, definitely tune in for that. That is a Thursday night race for those that are wanting to tune in. And those are on flow. Yep. Those are on flow. flow. So, yep. well, I know what I'm doing Thursday night. Um, so, I'll keep an eye on that as well. So, no, again, great, great season. We're getting down the championship season. If if your local short tracks are still going, make sure to hit up their championship seasons and they're off. You're, you're off with a bang. You know, again, always free, don't forget to like, subscribe, uh, comment on the videos, hit the little bell for any time that we're posting anything. You're the first to know about it. Um, yeah, another another banger episode here, fellas. We're we're kick, clicking them off, and I'm telling you, I'm excited for the off season. We're gonna have some really good dis- discussions coming up in the off season. So, um, no, thanks everybody for for tuning in. And we'll see you all next week. <laughs>